Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and I'm super excited to have Kate Flatby with us again as our guest, as our guru, multitasker extraordinaire. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to give a quick introduction for those people that have been living under a rock and don't know who you are. Obviously, a sociology teacher as just sort of fundamentals, I suppose, but obviously a great contributor of sociology resources as the teacher's sociology. In addition to that, you know, in management as well within your job, also being a parent, also exercising. <laughs> I mean, I need to, I, like I just said before we came on, I need to spend more time with you, uh, finding not just about sociology, not just about provision, but just life hacks. I think, I think like it should just be <laughs> life hacks with Kate Blackley, but we're not, we're here to talk about revision. Um, maybe yeah. that could be another, another, another episode potentially. Um, but yeah, revision. We're getting to that time of the year now, aren't we? It's it's yeah. thinking about revision. Our students are thinking about revision. We're in that last little bit of the sort of two to three months period-ish, maybe even less than that, really, um, of getting into the, the exam modes. People, students might be going on study leave as well, so we've got less contact time with students. So come on then, Kate. What is effective revision then? What does it mean? What does it look like? I think, um, you know, with effective revision, it's got to be active. I think when you chat to students and I speak to a lot of students and they're not just sociology students in my role. And I say to them, what are you doing? And they'll say, oh, I just I, I go over things. And, and it's not just going over things for revision to be effective they've got to be making the brain work and i think if we understand how people learn and how memory works that's how you can make your revision as effective as um, as possible so um i briefly mentioned that one of our teachers has done her advanced teacher status and her project was about retrieval because one of the the biggest worries that we have about being a teacher is how do we prepare for students for an exam when we've taught two years worth of content and everything is all in at the end of two years and that was her biggest anxiety i think it's our biggest anxiety as well as teachers and what she found was that students were just reading going over going over going over and it wasn't sticking and that leads the students to feel disheartened it leads them to feel unmotivated because they think it doesn't work what's the point and so what she did as part of a project she looked at retrieval and she drew on works from rose and shine she looked at strategies that kate jones had talked about there was other bits of research that she had a little bit of a look at as well and what she found was that learning the content or having your lesson on the content and then retrieval 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 was a lot more effective than just recapping knowledge and what we've got to remember as well as teachers we don't want to be having to reteach content that just is demotivating as a teacher it is exhausting and really we want the students to be doing a lot more okay so i think that is your effective strategy is to start to embed retrieval um and start doing it as soon as possible as soon as you you've learned something right what do we remember from last week so what we looked at doing was 
incorporating a range of different retrieval strategies and making sure that it was low stakes so students weren't getting stress anxiety about it it became a normal part of revision we were modeling it in class so then it meant that students were able to replicate it at home it wasn't just one strategy, it was a range of different teaching strategies. So they might have used my maps, they might have done um, like mini quizzes, or they might have done Kahoot or Quizlet or whatever apps that you might be using for retrieval. Um, they made it weekly. So students got into a routine, they knew what to expect. So we've got little gimmicks like flashback Flashback Friday and Throwback Thursday. Students start to get on, uh, get used to it. But the key part of it was putting the ownership back on students. So as we started to do the retrieval strategies that were weekly, the bits that they were forgetting, we were saying to them, right, that's what you need to revise this weekend. You're going to write it on a flashcard. You are going to make sure that you're going to go over that content because it will appear again in our flashbacks Fridays and throwbacks Thursdays. So you need to have it ready for then. And it started to give um, ownership a little bit more to the students. It started to build them connections in the brain where they were having to go back um, time and time again and it wasn't about reteaching it was about retrieval uh, and so that's in a nutshell is probably a really effective strategy that you might want to start to think about doing so so basically my takeaway from that is that you know effective revision is active revision you know yeah. students not being passive doing that and then something that starts as early, I suppose it's obviously a little bit, if we're not there yet with our 13s, but starting as soon as we meet them in say in year 12, and it's yeah. something you do on either weekly or even a daily basis, and then throwing it back to the students. Um, yeah. What potentially, I'm just playing devil's advocate there, I suppose then is it the responsibility of the students? What happens if the students aren't doing that? Like as in, say you've set that as a piece of homework that they've got to do that, uh, like they're filling the gaps. Yeah, so, so basically the retrieval strategies are happening in the classroom. It's like 10 or 15 minutes at the start of that lesson three per week. Um, and it is something where as they arrive, so what we might have on the board is something like five, four, three, two, one. So it could be name five explanations for class differences in educational achievement, uh, four um key names associated with, I suppose, labeling theory or something like that. And then they can gradually get harder. So it might be one evaluation or really one high end thing, or it could be three questions. So as they come into the classroom, they're doing some sort of retrieval and then you're going through it with them. You're saying, okay, here's the possible answers. If you forgot it, it's not a problem. You know, it's sort of like saying to students, it's okay to forget because a really important of revision is forgetting and when you do forget it you probably only forget it once because you don't like that feeling and then you do something about it so i think is incorporating it into your revision into lessons and then them going away and doing that retrieval at home as well based on the gap that you've sort of exposed um, yeah, that, and then them carrying on doing that in their own yeah. time. And do you find that most students do do that? Like, do you find that they are going back in and and, and sort of unpicking those bits that they don't? Know? I know you said it's not about it's low stakes, isn't it? It's like you said, quick activities at the beginning. Uh, I know before we came, we started recording. You said that actually a lot of these things are stuff that we're probably already doing. We maybe just maybe maybe more consistent or making it part yeah. of our sort of our planning as such. Um, but yeah, I mean. Do you find that most students are doing that at home, like sort of picking up the gaps? 
I think I think once they start to see the benefits and they start to see it working, that's when you get the buy-in. You, you're not going to get the buy-in from students to revise if you just say to them, go out and revise, because mm. the common problem is students don't know how to revise. And we've got to remember this cohort, they did not sit exams at GCSE. Our year ones did, our year 12s did, but our year twos didn't. So it is sort of guiding them to say, okay, do you know how to revise? Okay, let's model it in class. This is a revision strategy. We're going to spend time making flashcards. Okay, we're going to spend five minutes based on the current topic or something like that right now you need to do it for an earlier topic so if we model that behavior it does make it that little bit easier to get that student buy-in and it just means that they become a little bit more confident and if they see the benefits then you're going to get the buy-in yeah and it's not a construction that doesn't happen overnight obviously like you said it's that spiral effect potentially uh, and also i think it's just really important there is that this modeling um idea that actually we assume that students know what revision is, but unless we show them what that looks like, obviously you do your sort of start with a retrieval practice, but actually going home and embedding that, it's like modeling, or how do, what does a good flashcard look like? Or what does, I don't know, peer quizzing look like? Um, I just think to myself, I've just asked the students, I'm, I'm very much of that idea. So I always have an activity. I mean, so I was definitely overwhelmed by like the ideas of Rosa Shine. So I do, I actually do it daily in all my lessons as yeah. a sort of a starter activity or a do, a do it now, whatever schools call it, but as they walk in. Um, but yeah, I've, I've actually started to get them every so piece of homework is getting them to to make that activity for for me so and for their peers and for them so they're not actually that you don't have to do the five four three two one they could be making it up for the class um but then again i think it's, like you said it's a bit of practice and them doing that in regards to sort of any other potential pitfalls from two categories you know because obviously we've talked about this is going to be this is going to work this works um, and say you are a head of department or you have a head of faculty job in, in regards to sociology or another subject because it's not exclusive to uh to sociology or the social sciences what are the potential pitfalls if that's something you want to bring in uh with potentially staff initially and then potentially students sometimes it might be the staff and the students have got it or vice versa what are the potential pitfalls but also how we overcome them um, so I would say the potential pitfalls is not seeing the benefit because sometimes doing things like retrieval, it does take a little bit of time. Um, it, it does eat into a lesson, you know, and when you're getting closer to exams and time is so much precious, is it's all about just getting through content. It's all about, get, you know, getting to the end type thing. And I think it's sort of flipping the mindset to say, look, this is actually important. And if you think about it, you know, I, I would say with sociology, a lot of it is synoptic. So a lot of the students will have some of the schemas there already. So actually some of the things that you'll probably be teaching at year two, they probably get a little bit quicker. So like, for example, if they've done effectively in year one, labeling in school, labeling with crime should be quite straightforward and it shouldn't be you know it shouldn't take long to teach but actually embedding that retrieval is a perfect opportunity there as well so i think to get the buy-in you've got to see the successes that's when you will get buy-in is when people start to see the the benefits of doing it yeah for both students and staff is that yeah, from, from both respects yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah and like you said i think sociology is one of those I feel like we're quite lucky to teach sociology. I feel that because yeah, we are so, synoptic, 
I think it's it does. I said to the students, you know, I think for us that we, if we're to draw a graph, I actually think sociology just gets easier and easier and easier and easier and easier because we've got, like you said, the word schemas are all in place. And so you lose labelling, it goes across. If you look at subcultures, it goes across. It, and, and so globalisation goes across. And so actually a lot of that's already in place, whereas I think the hard bit is your first six months, and especially if they haven't done it at GCSE. It's like, what? What are these, all these theories and these concepts? Um, and so actually it's about building, and that's why probably Bluetooth is so good because you can sort of draw those links consistently. I would say students will get that aha moment, um, but it has to be consistency on their part. Is we're sort of getting closer to the exams and obviously now we're sort of in that last bit, obviously retrieval yeah. is something you probably do ideally, obviously you still want to be doing retrieval, but that's something that starts day one, you know, yeah. first lesson in, obviously you yeah. might even be retrieving stuff potentially just even just general knowledge from your life yeah. I mean like that yeah. uh, or other subjects particularly what tell me what you already know about communism from those you did history or whatever it might be um what about this last we've got this sort of small plan in place I know different schools do it differently some do like a 30-day plan or a 60-day plan how do we maximize the time now where we actually potentially have quite a short window I know they're saying that, that there's potentially some students do content definitely be doing your rag rating of topics you know get your get 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 the there's the spec or get a breakdown of the different topics paper one paper two paper three get your students to rag rate it identify your common denominators because there will be common denominators if that question came up they would struggle or whatever it might be because there was disruption in year one when demography was being taught or something like that so definitely identify your um your gaps okay because then you can action those gaps because there will be parts of the course that students will be confident with no no end if that makes sense there'll be certain topics where they will be quite happy with because it's an enjoyable topic like for example your students are probably like mine they'll probably say oh, if childhood came up would be all right you know it's like they like that topic you know or if there was class and achievement you know if you remember that was a past exam question and students did pretty well on it because it was like a topic that they they really engage with so it might be just identifying so getting yourself a plan um identifying your topics which um are your sore topics if that makes sense um and then breaking down the rest working out how long have you got and breaking down into like a bit more of a weekly plan um but i think we've sort of not mentioned about exam and exam technique and i think the really important part with revision and this is one of the common problems with revision is that students spend a lot of time revising content it's like i've got to revise i've got to revise i've got to revise content and it's about i've made this beautiful mind map i've made 400 flashcards i'm learning this content and it's there but unless they can apply it to an exam question they they're going to fall down so it is sort of planning the way that you do your revision where you say, okay, we're going to revise a little bit of content here. We're going to spend 10, 15 minutes revising, um, I, I don't know, something from say sociology and science, but now we're going to apply it to an exam question. Now we're going to check the mark scheme. And I think that is a massive problem is that students focus on the retrieval and then they neglect the exam technique and they've got to have that equal balance of both. They really oh, do. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think sometimes it's not the. I think I spoke about this with someone else, and I can't remember who I talk about things like this all the time with various people that whether they want it's to listen or not. not. 
<laughs> but basically, you know, it's it's not the most. I suppose how it's how you deliver it. Sometimes it's not the maybe the most fun bit, or it's the bit that's like the elephant in the room, and you sort of have to do it. But ultimately, yeah, the content you sort of unpicking, you having debates, you having human uh, bar graphs. I'm just trying to think of sort of you know just yeah. discussing, debating, maybe applying it to an image. A song, whatever it is you decide to do, but ultimately, like you said, they're going to be assessed by an exam, and they're going to have to put that into that structure. And whether that's writing exam questions or planning them at that stage, yeah. they have to be familiar to the language and how it's laid out. Whatever exam board that you go to, is there a way? I mean, obviously, you said looking at mark schemes, and you can do like waggles, and you can use your visualizer, and you can yeah. get them to part of a paragraph, or you know, another yeah. one does another. You can swap them. Is there any sort of other exciting ways? to make it engaging for students, that's sort well, of thing. No, I would definitely say, you know, use the exam papers to your advantage because sociology is quite unique in the fact that if you look at paper one and paper three in terms, well, actually across the papers, you they only have to get the heads round a four and a six, a 10 and a 10, and an essay, a 30 or whether it's a 20 or a 30, um, and, and your methods in context. So actually in terms of exam skills, there's not actually a lot, if that makes sense, if you think about it that way, because actually, you know, I know exam papers, like some subjects will have totally different things that they've yeah. got to do three papers and it's totally different whereas we can say to our students right you've got for crime and education four and six markers you answered them in exactly the same way it's the same applied technique so you could group them together in a revision strategy okay you could look at 10 marks applying from an item so again you're going to get that on your topics you're going to get it in crime you're going to get it in education so again you would you would do your strategy and then you would branch out okay so if we've got a question on crime how would we do it but it's the same technique yeah so it's sort of like thinking you know about your strategy that way as well you know your revision stress sessions rather than focusing it on a topic focus it on an exam question and then buy in your different questions from your different papers um i think maybe looking at exams that way to your advantage yeah. be a bit better yeah yeah i i totally no I, I hear you it totally makes sense i mean having a session on just four and like short questions over a couple yeah. of days makes sense and then like you said maybe scooping sort of maybe the content bit but then i suppose we're doing it that way you've also shown the synopsisity of the subject so obviously there might not be but your questions together you know like for example yeah. we had um, an assessment that was on so so basically our revision strategy for sociology is that um so they start year two and we do crime and deviance we ask them to do retrieval grids one week one a week on on education okay because we know that when we're doing four and six markers in crime they can be doing the four and six markers in education at the same time okay so then after christmas we go on to paper two we're doing beliefs in class they're revising family at home so for example one of the assessments that they did was um 10 markers so they had a 10 marker which was on functions of the family but they also had a 10 marker which was like the function and the role of religion so it was sort of like getting them that that synopticity that same link and it's a lot of the same sociologists that you talk about at the same time oh. and, and making making it that way and i think you know that will help students as well yeah definitely and i think it's like i think you said like that was, I think I've spoken before, before, but this sort of value for money sociology is like Ibeka and I'm trying to think who else, Willis maybe, or, and so on and so on. Alpha's there, they use more than once uh, that you can use across topics. Additional to that, I think you were saying as well is, and I don't know, again, 
it's just it's one way and I, I definitely I personally use that same method is the surf that where you're doing assessments whether that's uh, like an end topic assessment as such but to incorporate other other units like you said yeah. maybe put so for myself the other day I actually teach cultural identity now not um yeah. not family but I had a couple of education questions in there because that was the last bit we took we told so it's just keeping that so the, then the retrieval makes sense because you're still assessing them in class um and it, it keeps that sort of i don't know the consistency of skills and remi remind students how to do them just a quick one and i know i appreciate your time and i, I sort of thought no. a quick one because i know i know no. that we can talk about this forever is no. i know and i know you've started doing this it's a slight segue because obviously it does link into revision because I know that you do a lot of flip learning outside of lesson, whether that's content driven or whether that's revision and retrieval from what you've just said. Can you just explain how you do assessments? I sort of a leading question because I know the answer to this. So mm -hmm. do you do all your lessons? <laughs> so basically, I know that you do all your lessons, assessments in lesson rather than as homework as such, don't you? Yeah, Can you just, yeah, tell me a little bit of, and tell us, the audience, a little bit about that because I'm personally really interested in that. I, I hear what you're doing, um, but I'd love to know your from your from the horses now for such. Yeah, do you mean the, the like the assessment strategy type thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like for example, um, we do um, a formal assessment on each topic. So, um, and we do like a bit more of a knowledge check as well. So we do that quite easily. What we do is I've got a Quizlet set for every single topic, um, and basically, so whilst they're learning that topic they can be playing quizlet independently and then i just go on quizlet and say print test and it prints it out and they answer that and that's and it's self-marked as well um so that's the knowledge part of it um so that's really easy to manage and then at the same time we have a formal assessment so our formal assessment will be based on the current topic but it'll also be on a topic that we'll have been asking them to revise okay so this is where i've stolen from hectic teacher i'm using the revision you know the the the, the knowledge organizers so we've giving each student a copy of those but we break it up to them we say, we basically say to them this week you are revising that you're revising topic one from that and your next assessment will have a question from that but you'll also have your current topic as well um, and we try to do it that way um, just to encourage a little bit of independence of revision and you know we incorporate it into lesson times we say get your revision grids out you've got five minutes we we stick a little activity a retrieval activity and then as a result of it we'll say right that will help you with your retrieval grids right now you're going to apply it to an exam question so it's sort of like filling in the gaps if that makes sense so hopefully students have no gaps at all they've covered everything and we've practiced enough exam questions as well and you do a lot of them you do them in lesson time like the assessments and such yeah rather than like for homework yeah yeah just because you know we what I, I i would say i said to students today yesterday i said i don't set you homework you know your homework is one making sure that like the way that we, we teach we've got like course booklets and in those course booklets there's practice questions there are exam questions there are quick check questions there are um like a glossary of terms your homework is just filling that in if you fill that in you're basically revising and doing exam practice at the same time so it's sort of like getting students to do that 
and all I have to do is just check that they're doing it and then you know they get the feedback from me whether it's informally in the lesson or whether it's um, via a formal assessment type thing um, but you know I try to use like different revision strategies as well um, sorry like a bit like for example I, I quite like using Nearpod quite a lot because that means that students can type answers I can do a quick scan so an, um, an example that we did yesterday we looked at something like outline and explain two changes in society that have impacted the birth rates I gave them the list you can choose any of these these reasons you've just got to tell me what the reason is and how has it impacted the birth rate because we were encouraging cross-topic links um, anonymously picked up one and I just said to students right read through that paragraph what's really good about it what do you love about it why is that going to get the marks and then they said oh yeah it's really really good and as I'm listening I'm saying yeah they said it affects the birth rate but they've not indicated how they've not said it's going down so I said, right, right, let's give this person a little bit of, you know, constructive feedback that they can take forward. And the students just critiqued it. And then the fact that they're recognising, ah, they've got to be very direct in that answer is, is really, really powerful. You yeah, know, definitely. take a lot from it, yeah. And I think it takes stakes down, doesn't it, as well, with regards to the, so if you do yeah. the revision outside a lesson, the in-class assessments don't feel as like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? daunting for the students so anxiety driven um because it's like you said earlier it, if if they don't know it's okay because ultimately yeah. that's where they revise and actually it's not their final grade um yeah. so yeah. It, it all it all makes sense i, I literally i, I love talking to you I, do you know what that's just such a powerful thing you know remember we're teaching that like about student expectations you know it's one of the biggest takeaways is the power of teacher expectations and the way that you respond to students and their revision you know and you know and if they forget it in the lesson you say this is perfect it doesn't matter because this is why we're revising you know and it sort of demystifies that you know um another strategy that i use is that we're trying to hold students a little bit more accountable you know to doing practice questions we're really pushing forward get on the exam board print off mark schemes you know print off exam questions have a go we've given them question banks we want you to be doing it now i've got a really good relationship i teach two year two groups just because of my role now um, and um, and I've got a really good relationship so I know I can I can name each student and I can go around the class and then say what are you handing in to me today what are you handing in to me today and some of them will say oh I've got nothing today and you can see them go the first time I did it they were like I've got nothing. <coughs> and I'm like but it's nothing yet nothing yet you will even if it's a format question and I make a big deal of it. So the next round, the next lesson, I had six or seven students handing me something in. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting so excited. You know what I mean? I go proper over the top. You can imagine what I'm like in the classroom. It's like um, I've got, like, so much energy. I'm like, oh, my God, that's absolutely amazing. I'm so pleased. You know, you're making me earn my money. You know, and I tell these <laughs> students that. You know, and then, you know, and then this one student, she gives me, a whole paper one and I was like oh my god and so I tell the other group and I say uh, to the other group oh you've got to up your game now they're handing in full class papers now the other group come on we've got to beat the other class you know and that little bit of competition you know it really does 
really does you know um, just i'm saying you know we're not i'm realizing what i'm saying now um it really <laughs> does um can encourage students in that way even the most reluctant of students i think so yeah i i hear you and i hear your energy i mean who would have been confused by working with you i mean you know it's it, you know it's, it's infectious and i think that's another thing on the part of yes we've got all these strategies there's an analogy i used the other day um to someone again i love an analogy by the way uh, i say to someone you know teaching is is obviously you can use the recipe book okay and it's really good it's a good starting point but it doesn't make you a chef and sometimes it's just that passion you know that like in teaching you can have all the the strategies in, in, which are great but obviously speaking to someone like yourself um you can see the passion the flair that comes through and it's only infectious as, you know your, i'm sure your team and your students uh sense that as well so I'm going off to make some resources. That's what I'm going to go and do. I'm going to start tweaking my assessment strategy. And I, think, and I think, you know, if you're bringing that to the table, the sometimes yeah. you know, start to match your energy type oh, thing. Oh, you know, yeah. You will start to match it, you know, and, and yeah, so I've got a nice little pile of, as well as the the last formal assessment that they've done, I do have a pile of things that they've had a go at, at little practice. I don't mark them in the same way. It is quick scan because mm -hmm. otherwise be overwhelming so i don't want to be adding to people's workload in that respect but it's just saying you know i even just look at it and go do you know what just looking at that that'll be top band that's it mm. and they're going okay that's all i wanted i just wanted confirmation that i've practiced this question all right that's all they want the students mm. so yeah that yeah i don't want to give people work <laughs> yeah and i think it's giving people options isn't it with students like you said like this i think you talked about like a book that you had and uh, yeah. of different ways to resource uh, revise so you can have like obviously short questions in there you can have mind maps yeah. a power list whatever you, you decide to have in there uh, including you know even just planning essays. sometimes when they've got strong literacy skills actually isn't the the writing bit it might be just planning it out in their head and what they would include it so there's so many different ways and obviously you know I th the, the, no I think I've, stolen, I've stolen so many things in my lessons just by watching your the tutor to you revision things you know like the bubble you know mm. um the odd one out or you know those little gimmicky things i've tried to put that into my lesson as well um or into my revision sessions you know the, here's the 60 second challenge it's a match it one you know and it's really quick retrieval but it sort of gets the brain working type thing so then when you do chuck that exam question at them they've got that little bit there where you've just prepped them for it you know what i mean um so i i think as well just really engaging with the amount of support that there is out there for everybody um mm. getting up to the weekly revision sessions that you know tutor to you are holding you know little videos here and there it's you know the reason why i do it is to save time you know it is i create a video but then it yields me so much time back in future so like a student might say to me oh i've missed today's revision session oh i did it on methods in context for example but here's a video which will give you a little bit of a breakdown of how i did it actually so you can watch that and then you've still took something away from it you know um those types of things so i think embracing the range of resources that's out there definitely you know you're not alone use what the, what what different teachers have put out there and and, and what oh, i've well for it i mean you just yeah. look at the facebook page how much people are sharing and and it's amazing and also thank you to you for sharing all your your video youtube videos they're amazing yeah. i think they're they're so good and so pragmatic as well it just it just started about like you know 
I didn't want to have to reteach things. You do it in a lesson and then a student misses it. You have to do it again type thing. And I've also found it really useful when I've got new teachers that are coming through in the department and they'll say, oh, we just need a little bit of guidance with exam technique. It's all right. I've got a video on it. It's fine. You know what I mean? And then, and that's how it's sort of grown. And I sort of like the way I don't really have a plan with my videos. I sort of like see where the gaps are and I see what my students are doing. And I'll say, oh, we had a look at that one. So I did one a few weeks ago about um, the reasons why, was it reasons why social, mm. social objective or something like that. Yeah. And, when I looked at them and I thought, you know what? Students did panic with that question type thing and that's that's where it comes from it's just identifying the gaps and sort of being very reactive um at, yeah. at that time so that i don't have any plan rhyme or reason to the videos that whatever pops up that week well <laughs> that's good though it's, you know it's amazing that you're contributing to the community like that and obviously yeah. i personally appreciate it and i know that other uh, other teachers do as well as well as everything else that you do this is what i'm saying this is what i need another <laughs> session on just Kate Shatley's life hacks, um, and, you know, exciting. Being very organised. Being very, very organised. Have a very good planner and lots of post-it notes. There we go. That's key. Who doesn't like post-it? Oh, look, there we go. That's in front of me now. That That's my plan. You know, I won't show you what I've written on there, but I've written stuff on there. Partly ideas have you said, actually, so I'll, I'll stick them and I'll do some yeah. action with that. But thank you for your time. As always, well, Kate, I always so feel energised and enthused after I've spoken to you. I wish you lived closer or I lived closer to you. I and know, then we'd have, we'd have such a great time. I might be down your neck of the woods soon anyway. So if I am, I'll get, get, get in touch with you. Definitely. Please do. Please do. <laughs> oh, well, you take care and have a lovely day, evening, rest of the weekend. Thank you. Oh, it's the weekend. It's the weekend. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> take care. See you later. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Sociology Staff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor 2 or Instagram at tutor 2 you can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.